Well, good day. My name is Mark Brown, and you are listening to the Valley in the Shadows podcast. Welcome. So this podcast is a little bit different. A couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of preaching at Ashford United Methodist Church. That sermon was recorded, so I thought I'd share it on this podcast. Enjoy. Lord, come and be present as I share your word. Speak through me without impediments of me. In your name we pray. Amen. Matthew 5.13 You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket but on the lampstand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. A few years ago, I was at an airport and I saw this man running towards me and he looked very frantic. And it was a sort of action that kind of caught my attention. Because he was moving very fast and heading straight for me. As he approached me, I realised it was George Clooney. (laughs) This is a real story. (laughs) And I thought, why is George Clooney running at me? And then I looked beyond George Clooney and there was... A flotilla, I don't even know what the collective noun is for the media. There was a gaggle of media chasing him. Cameras, microphones, all sorts of activity chasing this poor, he's not poor, this movie star. (laughs) And as he approached me, he stopped and he looked at me and he said, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry for all these people. That was my George Clooney, that was bad, but... (laughs) And then he stepped aside and kept running and I literally had to jump out the way as the paparazzi tried to crush me. It's incredible in our society how important, how significant these celebrities are, these movie stars, these sports stars, these rock stars. They get so much attention. They get so well paid. They get adulation. They can't go out in public because the paparazzi chase them and they nearly strike down an Australian in their stampede. (laughs) And yet, it's the wrong way around. You don't see in the Bible anywhere that talks about the importance, blessed are the celebrities, blessed are the rich, for they shall inherit the yacht. It's not in the Bible, not in mine anyway. In fact, it's a complete opposite. The Bible puts importance on the complete opposite to what the world does. And herein is the challenge that we face. As Christians, 
living in this world, our thinking needs to flip. If it doesn't, then we're held back. Let me explain. We're held back from doing God's plan through us on this earth. So let's go back to our reading. Salt. What is salt? We all know it. But did you know it's critical for seed germination, for seeds to come alive? And it's critical in the production of chlorophyll, as well as strengthening the cell walls and improving a plant's absorption. It's incredibly important. And yet it's tiny. Tiny. Salt is not this significant Enormous, massive thing. A small amount of salt does what to a pot that you're cooking? It changes the very nature of what you're cooking. If you have a pot of stew, you put just a pinch or two of salt in it, it changes it. Significance in the small. And you only need the smallest amount. That is what, when the Bible talks about you are, you you are salt. So let's keep hold on to that for a second. Then we talk about the light. The light in the Bible, it's not talking about you are the salt and you are the light. It's not talking about a massive illuminated sign that draws your attention like the celebrity. You know, the celebrity, look at me, look at me. No, you are the salt and the light. The light is... In the Bible, the Greek means a simple flame. Something simple. The first thing I want to share is over the last year in this pandemic, Wham! has changed dramatically. And as I look out, I see so many people who are part, who are part of Wham! volunteer on the board, who have been part. Um, so you will know some of what I'm about to say. But in a typical year, <clears throat> Wham! would help about 30 to 40,000 people. This year, since the, since the pandemic began, we have helped over 170,000 people. It's massive. That's why I look so tired. <laughs> Back in March of last year, when the pandemic, we at WAM consider March 16, very specific, but I remember the day well, when our journey with the pandemic started because if I could cast your mind back without triggering PTSD, back in those days, we shut down stores, restaurants. You remember this? Well, as CEO of WAM, I remember vividly sitting there going, how am I going to help the community? I have no store, second blessing. Now, second blessing provides a lot of money for us to help the poor, right? That was shut. Okay, now I've got to pay my staff who have no work to do because the store's shut and all the wonderful volunteers that we have, rightly so, are not going to come to WAM because we don't know what's happening. So when the need was going like this, the resources to do it were going like that. And I had this incredible moment in deep prayer where I said, Lord... I need you. I need you. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I need you in this moment. The income for Wham was dropping dramatically. 
But it was very serious, and I prayed, and the Lord gave me two things. The first was, love your people. Love the community, and love your team at WAM, the staff, the volunteers. Love them. So I said, all right, I can do that. So we didn't, I didn't lay off or pause the pay of anybody, of anybody on my team, even when it looked horrific. Even when it was difficult, I never, no one lost a, a, a nickel because I wanted to love them. The second thing is I put in all sorts of measures to protect my team, to make sure that everybody was safe. And then those that were struggling, I made sure they had food. I made sure that if they needed funds, we could help them somehow. And then, of course, the community to help and love the community. And I'll share a bit more about that in a second. The second thing that God told me, the second word, or the second phrase, I should say, love was the first, love your community was the first phrase. The second was tell a story, tell the story. Tell people about what you're doing. Now that meant that I would go out in the morning and be part of the ministry, part of handing out food, part of helping the community. And then I would go into my office and I would create a video I'd do a blog, I'd do whatever it was to try and tell the story. So what happened? March 16th was the beginning for us. And I said, okay, resources are going down, needs going up. What are, what's our goal? What's our deficit for the next month financially? What do we need? for the next month. So again, loving my staff, I don't have to let anybody go. And she said, that'd be $50,000. I said, all right. So I kept praying. That night, I get a phone call. This gentleman, I don't know. And he says to me, I represent a wealthy family in Houston. And the wife of the family drove past Wham today and saw a long line of cars all the way down from where we are in Roger Dale and Meadowland, all the way down to Westheimer, and then down Westheimer. This long line of cars, and they want to help you out. And I said, okay. And then he said, how much do you need? I said, well, we ju- I just worked out, I was very open, that I need $50,000 to pay the bills. That's a deficit for the next month. And he said... I'm authorized up to $50,000. The exact amount. Now, I would have been happy if it said $5,000, of course. But it was the exact amount. I said, praise the Lord. Not only that, but he came in and dropped the check off the next week, almost immediately, which again, sometimes is a delay. And we were back up and racing for that month. And since that time, God has provided God continues to provide. When we were short of... When we were short of of staff, of of volunteers, again, good reasons why volunteers weren't there. I get a call saying, hey, would you like the National Guard to come and help? I said, ah, that sounds fantastic. And we had a large contingent of the National Guard that were with us for a long time. And there's nothing that controls traffic like guys in fatigues. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) That worked a treat. And they were so wonderful. We're still in contact with them. But they were with us for a long time. Then we got another phone call. 
saying, hey, um, there's a person who's really moved by the number of uh, low-paid restaurant workers, because all the restaurants shut down, you remember, and is providing four to $600,000 to pay restaurant workers to work at not-for-profits. How many do you want? I said, I'd love 15. They're still with us. Still with us. And the grant continues to pay them. So suddenly we went from um, people coming into our food pantry and providing, you know, about 90 people a day, 90 families a day, my apologies, to then we knew that couldn't work, right, because the need was so great. So we started a drive-through system. We spent about four months working out how to best do that. We had, we had to work out logistically, and we ended up with a system we're still using today that means we're able to help not 90 families a day, but thousands of families a week. We're talking about a massive increase. And, and if you come along or driven past when, you will still see long lines of cars. But it's not just that. Because of God's provision and support of us, we've given over $1.5 million out in financial assistance. These are people who genuinely can prove to us they're about to be made homeless if they don't pay the landlord. They need to show us the angry letter from the landlord. That's how we work. And we pay the landlord directly. And that continues. We're still able to help people like that. With the food, the financial assistance, with employment, I could go on. And some of you here are at WAM every week and see the activity. It is a different organization now. It is huge. Are we celebrities? I'll answer that. We're not. <laughs> We're really not. We just get in there, we get hot, we get humid, and we work, and we serve the community. We're not in it for some glory. We're not in it for some prestige. In fact, we avoid it. We want to serve people who are struggling. So when we talk about salt and light, I want to tell you a reality. You, whether you're 85, whether you're a young person, you can affect and help the community and serve the Lord. You can help. Help. Remember, the Bible says you're salt and light. The Bible does not say you're celebrity. <laughs> you are cele- only celebrities. Praise the Lord, it's not up to celebrities. We all go, it'd be crazy. It's up to you and I. The second thing is with this salt and this light is that it has the power to dramatically change its community. And that's the next thing I want to talk about. First is know that God is calling you. You have work to do. The second is what's the work and need in your community? Whether through this church Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's the person across the street. Or maybe you want to come along and help out at Wham. But that's the second thing. Because when you put salt in the ground, in your stew, it affects the immediate area around the salt. When you shine a, 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 the, 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 the candle, the small flame, remember that's the Greek for light. It illuminates the immediate Okay, 
So that's the next thing God's telling us through this passage. Affect and help your immediate. Immediate, around you. How does this work in God's economy? If we all do that and help those that are close to us, whether it's geographically, whether it's someone we're connected with through a friend or family, and everybody does that, before you know it, everywhere is covered because we're all doing it, right? So be aware of your immediate. What are the immediate needs in this church, in your community? The third and final point, so be useful. It's the second. Be helpful, be useful in your immediate. And the third and final point I want to make, Matthew 5.16 reads, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The last thing I want to say is be bold. Be bold for Jesus. This isn't about bragging. Remember, it's not the celebrity. It's not putting on the suit and getting the cameras. Look at me. It's not that. It's not about bragging. When when I say be bold for Jesus, it's about being. It's not about bragging. It's about being. Being who God created you to be. Being who God created you to be. What does Jesus want you to do? What are you meant to be doing? Don't be worried about impressing other people. Don't be worried how you look. Don't worry about it. That's a celebrity thinking. Image, personal brand. Don't worry about that. That's not what the Bible talks about. The Bible is clear. Your job is to give glory to God, not to yourself. Glory to God. The most impressive people I know are not those with degrees or fancy job titles, but those who act to love others, to give glory to God. Whether it's the guy, David, who stands out on the road in the hot sun directing traffic for hours and hours and hours. And how did David come to win? He came to us and did some videography for us. He put his drones up and did all these photos telling the story. And then he finished it and he said to me, and and we paid him, but at the end of it he said to me, I want to come here three times a week for five hours each and help you. What do you need? Uh, volunteer. I'm telling a story to you, but it's not someone who's a celebrity. You see my point? Those that help out in the food pantry, help out with our luncheon, Mark and Sydney, or help out the community and the church. So, to summarize, I want you to hug. I want you to be a hugging Christian. Hug. Be helpful to those around you. You. Choose to make an impact. Be useful. And G. Give glory to God. So as you head out, hug this world for the glory of God. Thank you very much and God bless you.
Well, if you like what you've heard and you want to hear more, then check out the other episodes of my podcast, The Valley and the Shadows, available on most podcast platforms. Also, don't forget to subscribe and like. Give me five stars so other people can experience these podcasts. God bless you.